Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ways different because I behave different. Ways different because I behave different. Driving cars that ain't even come out yet. Flexing on these haters like a bicep. Hi, sweetheart. Mikey said, hey. Okay. Elusive with a hater, watch me sidestep. Them seeing me eating probably make it hard to dodge yet. What is going on with the music budget over in Atlanta? I feel like they're throwing a ton of money at the music budget, and I'm into it. I like it. We're getting a lot of good songs. We're getting some interesting lyrics. The lyrics on this one, something about flexing on the haters like a boss. I'm into it. I would download that song on iTunes, Spotify. I'd stream it. I want more. You know, it reminds me of my favorite song, which has, of course, appeared on Vanderpump Rules. It's appeared on Summer House. I believe it's appeared on Atlanta. And it's the song, it's a transitional song that goes, Boy, you are a boy, you're not a man. We need to talk. <laughs> it sounds sort of like Lala from Vanderpump Rules, but it's not. Uh, and people have asked me where they can listen to the full song. And here's the thing, guys. They make transitional music for these shows that's not available to stream. And that's a tragedy. This song that opened Atlanta this week, I would download it. I would like to listen to it at the gym while I'm running. Give it to me. I need it. I need I need some new music to listen to. Quite frankly, I've been on the brim a little bit today. <laughs> As always, per usual, I live on the brim. But I just found myself voluntarily listening to Daughtry. Remember Daughtry, that guy from American Idol who's in a band? I found myself putting on a song of Daughtry's on Spotify, and I was like, oh, what's happening? Like, <laughs> I realized like I was putting on Daughtry. First of all, it's the Christmas season. I should only be listening to holiday music, quite frankly. Uh, but second of all, there's no reason I should be voluntarily putting on Daughtry. What's next? Nickelback? Or <laughs> I'm going to suddenly start listening to How You Remind Me by Nickelback, and that's not a moment that I'd be proud of. So I need some new music. I, I, like I said, I'm a little bit on the brim. My parents are coming uh, later. Um, is it the end of this week or beginning of next week? They're coming to LA. I'm like, super excited to see them. But, you know, we got to get the house cleaned and do all of that. Also... Fancy AF, the cocktail book that I co-wrote with Ariana and Tom from Vanderpump Rules. It came out this week, which is super exciting. I'm not going to tell you all to get it, although I think you should all go get it. <laughs> Pick it up, order it from Amazon, get it from Target, uh, Barnes & Noble, get it from your local indie bookseller. If you have a local bookseller, go to your local bookseller and buy it. Support indie booksellers and Danny. Um, but just go get it. It's great. But more importantly, I want to talk about a one Miss Lori Cooper. So you guys know on The Real Hustles in New York, last season we met Dorinda's realtor, Queen Icon legend Lori Cooper. Well, she went to the book signing for Fancy AF over in New York City. I wasn't there, of course, I'm in LA, but she went and she like tweeted me or whatever. And I just have to tell this story really quick. I was at the grocery store and sometimes I go to this little market that's across the street from me. And I know all the cashiers and stuff there. So there's this guy, Tim, that I always see there. He's an, a nice older man. Um, but I was checking out, and then I was getting all these beeps on my phone. And so I looked it up as I was at the register, and I saw that Lori Cooper had tweeted that she was there, and she tweeted like a picture or something. And I started smiling. like I was, I was like beaming, right? And I was in a good mood already that day. But I was smiling really wide, and Tim, the cashier... He asked me, he said, oh, what happened? Did you get some good news? <laughs> and I always think it's so funny when you try to explain these shows and these people to either straight men or people that just don't watch these shows. And so I tell Tim, I was like, oh, I just got a tweet from Dorinda's realtor. <laughs> and he's like, who's Dorinda's realtor? And I was like, oh, from Roni, uh, Dorinda, her realtor, which doesn't really make a lick of sense. But you know how we always forget that it's like other people don't know these people as well as we do. <laughs> And so then I find myself explaining, I'm, he's like not giving me any sort of reaction. And 
I'm like, no, you know, it's Dorinda. She sells Dorinda's house and she is fantastic. And I was like, Dorinda, Dorinda's great. And we love Lori Cooper. And I said, she's a no bullshit person. And Tim's like, what do you mean she's no bullshit? And I didn't even know what I meant by that. I just said, she's no bullshit. She's not going to take your bullshit. And I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know why I was saying it, but I just kept saying, Lori Cooper's not going to take your bullshit. And Tim is like, what, what does that even mean? I was like, neither will Dorinda. I was like, quite frankly, none of those real houses in New York are going to take your bullshit. And I was like, sticking up for them as if somebody was like bullying them on a schoolyard. And I'm trying to explain, I'm like, you know, the countess, she's, she, she used to be a countess and then she's arrested and now she's on a cabaret tour. And somehow a countess came up and I'm talking about the cabaret tour and he's like, oh, she just performs. She does cabaret. And I was like, well, it's not very good. People go to see it because it's bad. And he was like, people buy tickets to see someone do bad cabaret. And I was like, yeah, I've gone twice. And <laughs> so the point is, it was like, none of it made any fucking sense. And I kept saying that Lori Cooper don't put up with anyone's bullshit. And I said, the whole cast over there, they don't put up with your bullshit. And Tim was confused. It make a lick of sense to him, but quite frankly, it made me laugh. <laughs> and Tim, luckily, there were no other uh, people in line behind me. Otherwise, I would have moved quickly um, or tried to talk to other people in line about the Real Houses of New York. But you know, it's hard to explain these shows, these shows, these people. Uh, how do we do it anyway? We got to talk about a lot of housewives. We got to talk about Atlanta. We got to talk about Orange County, New Jersey, Dallas. Now it's very hard to recap all of these, but we're going to try. We're going to move through them, and I'll try to not keep this too long, but uh, we have a lot going on. I want to mention really briefly before we get in Atlanta, if you want to listen to the Holiday Movie Podcast, it's called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. I've been uploading a couple episodes to the main Everything Iconic feed, but if you want to listen to more episodes, you can just search A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on iTunes or Spotify. There's other episodes there, so I think I've just uploaded two. There's other episodes there. We've covered a wide array. We're covering the new Leah Michelle movie that's going to be premiering on ABC this week. So uh, we're also going to be co- covering Jingle All the Way. So there's, I think, s- going to be six episodes total, six or seven-ish. Uh, but you can check those out. And if you listen on the other feed, the Very Merry Iconic Podcast feed, there's limited commercials. So there's not uh, as many if you listen to them on the Everything Iconic feed. So that's that that on that. We've been having so much fun. So let's talk about Atlanta. We open with Portia and PJ, and we get that song, that wonderful song. And this is like the montage part of the show. So we, we see Portia with PJ. We see Cynthia on the bed with clothes everywhere. We see Candy. And we ultimately land on Cynthia on the bed with, again, all those clothes everywhere. It was like a fucking garage sale in Cynthia's room. And Cynthia's doing another Bailey cue. And she's presenting this event as if we're supposed to know. This is the second year she's doing it. And she's saying it like it's been some, like the Beverly Hills white party, you know, where Kyle throws that every year. It's like she's saying it like as if we're all supposed to know what this is. And I was like, what's this event she's talking about? But anyway, she's having uh, another event where she says the theme is wear red or get red. And it's really a hilarious theme. And I can't wait to talk about this party because it was wild. There were literally awards given that were just mean. (laughs) It was like, who's the worst person at this party award? And then they like gave someone an award. It was fantastic. TV and I loved it. Um, But I do have a problem with Cynthia not inviting Nini. I know they're not friends. But this is a cast event, and I've been saying on Atlanta, we need the cast all together, and I do not like that Cynthia's saying, no, we're not going to invite Nini. I need her to invite Nini. Nini I, the whole cast has to be at these events, whether you like it or not. You signed up for this on the TV show. And we're going to talk about that over in Orange County when they went on their vacation, and they decided to do step, separate dinners. That's not how this show works, people. We need the whole class. But we're not at the party yet. We'll talk about that in a second. We then cut to Portia and Kenya at the Jitterbug class. And all I could think about this whole time, they're at this Jitterbug like dance class for the babies. I'm a little tired of all the baby work that's happening on Atlanta, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there at this point. But Kenya and Portia are doing this little Jitterbug, and it was hysterical. First of all, Kenya comes in the heels. Portia's twerking with Pilar. And all I could think about was how stressful it'd be for that teacher that teacher trying to teach this class with these moms and the babies. I mean, working with children and animals, they say, is something you're not supposed to do. And this woman has to work with children and their mothers. And that sounds a little bit like a nightmare. I I just can't imagine there must be so much crying happening in that jitterbug class. 
both by the moms and the children. <laughs> but eventually, uh, Portia and Kenya, they go to the other room right after Portia was twerking with her daughter. Uh, and then Portia tells us a little bit in her confessional about her relationship with Dennis. It's on the outs. She says in her confessional, she says, I'm trying to develop with Dennis, not borders. And she says to the producer, what am I thinking of? And then the producer in the confessional says, boundaries. And then Portia says, and I quote, oh, right, fuck it, boundaries. <laughs> I wrote that down because I thought Beverly Hills could never. You know, these women on Atlanta, they give us good confessionals. They make us laugh. Portia just said, oh, right, fuck it, boundaries. And I just can't picture that confessional happening on Beverly Hills when they're trying to be so prim and proper or Orange County. Like I, I don't know. It just it struck me as really funny. And I love Portia so much. And I, again, don't want her to be back with this Dennis. I want her to, those boundaries to be up forever. So then we cut to a scene that really left me shook. It's Riley moving into her new NYC apartment. Apparently, she's going to be interning for Candy's entertainment lawyer. It's revealed that the uh, condo or apartment is $5,500 a month. She's driving a Porsche, Riley. Driving a Porsche. She doesn't understand how ice trays work which was shocking. <laughs> I've always felt like Riley hates being on TV. You know, every time the camera gets on her, it's like the camera wants to get off her. Like, I've never seen someone less interested in being on TV than Riley Burris. She just doesn't look like she's got the the thing that the camera wants. She doesn't have that it factor that Candy does. And that's no shade to Riley because not everyone's made for TV and that's okay. Riley wants to be an entertainment lawyer or a lawyer of some kind. And that's a great thing. That's what Riley should be doing. But every time the camera catches Riley, I think, nope, get off her. She don't want it. <laughs> it's like shocking how much the camera does not want to be on Riley. Uh, and that's, again, okay. But Riley, it's revealed in this scene. I, and I'm seeing, I'm watching this scene. I'm thinking, oh, Riley must be maybe going to college. Maybe she's already in college. I thought maybe she's even leaving college. I don't know. I know we've seen her for years and years and years. But, you know, time has passed. I cannot remember how old that Riley was. I can't keep that information in my head. And when they revealed that she's 16 years old, I was like, what? <laughs> I did like the Tim Allen and Home Improvement. I was like, <gasps> the dog noises. I'm like, what's going on? Riley's only 16 years old. She's got a fucking Porsche and a $5,500 apartment a month. That is shocking. It was shocking. And she didn't know she had to tip the help there. She told Candy and Todd that she needs an allowance to tip the help. Meanwhile, Todd's daughter is sitting in the room, and Todd's daughter is like, what the fuck, Riley? You need to get a fucking job and learn how to pay for things. Like, this is inappropriate. You don't know how to work an ice tray or tip. I mean, Todd's daughter, if looks could kill, Riley'd be dead, because Todd's daughter was not having it. I felt bad for Todd's daughter. I was like, give her some money. Give her a Porsche or something. And I don't normally support that. I don't normally support just throwing money and, and funds and cars at your kids. But I was looking at Todd's daughter, and I was like, she needs a new car or something. Give her something. Because I felt bad for her. But, you know, Candy wants to help Riley. She wants to give her a bunch. But I thought she was 22 years old or something. 16. 16. What did I have at 16? I shared a cell phone with my mother at 16. I remember I got to use it when I would go places. But I didn't get, and my aunt would call. Like, that was what would happen. I mean, if I was driving somewhere alone, my mom would be like, take my flip phone. It was like one of those cheap, chunky flip phones. And the only person that I'd get a call from was my Aunt Joanne. And that would be it. And she'd be calling for my mother. She'd be like, Lynn. And I'm like, no, Aunt Joanne. Like, I'm borrowing my mom's cell phone. <laughs> I'm borrowing the cell phone because I'm out of the house. And my mom wants to know where I am. But otherwise, that was it. I didn't get any other fun toys or I didn't get a. $5,500 apartment. When I first moved to Chicago, I was sharing a room with five. I was sharing a house with five other guys. It was like the biggest shithole. It didn't even stand upright. And I'm talking about the house. It was technically like a, they called it an apartment because there was people, uh, um, I don't know how it was set up. But what I'm saying is it was on a slant and the house would shake. And I'm not talking about an earthquake. The house would shake. I think I was paying like three, $200 a month for my room, something like that. And five other straight men, the house smelled like shit and it was on a slant and would just randomly shake. I remember laying in bed and sometimes the house would shake and it was from the wind. I, the first time it happened, I like went and I was like, oh, is somebody having sex like in the room next door or something? And no one was in it. It was just the house was shaking. There was no earthquake, just a little wind. 
I know Chicago is called the Windy City, but it would happen even if it was like a nice spring day. The house would just shake, and it would be like one of those rides outside the grocery store where you put a quarter in and it shakes. That was how it felt living there. But I didn't have any money. No one was giving me $5,500 a month to get a house. I had to pay my own way, so uh, I was shocked. But anyway, then we cut to Needy and Greg at their house with Marlo and Giovanna. Giovanna's back. Giovanna, that bitch. Remember, that's what she calls herself. <laughs> anyway, uh, Giovanna said that Cynthia talked shit about Nini. And look, I don't normally like, I'm not the biggest Nini fan. Although I was like super early Nini fan, like I loved her. But I do kind of see Nini's point on this because I do think that Cynthia was going around and talking a lot of shit. She even came on Everything Iconic at the end of last season of Atlanta Housewives. And I kind of understand like where Nini's coming from because it it does feel like Cynthia can talk shit and we all think, oh, well, Cynthia's like so nice and lovely. And she is. But something about Cynthia's demeanor that we tend to side with her, I think. And it must have been frustrating for Nini. So I don't always side with Nini, but I do kind of understand, I understand Nini's point a little bit. Anyway, then there's some more baby stuff. I'm bored with all the baby stuff. It's enough is enough. Taylor Armstrong enough. Then we cut to Cynthia's party. And this party's fun. Kenya brings the gift that Eva gave her, and she's planning on regifting it to Portia, which is very messy. Thank you, Kenya, for being messy. I love also in Atlanta when they see each other and say mean things, like when they're greeting each other. Nothing's better than a Real Houses of Atlanta greeting. When they're just saying hello, they're like, hey, bitch, you stink, and then they laugh it off. It's so wonderful candy, I think, or someone said at some point, you know, you're a dirty bitch, and then they laugh, and it's so fun. So, so fun. Only in Atlanta, you get these fantastic greetings that just feel real, and the the friendships feel like lived in, and I love it. And they laugh and laugh and laugh when they say mean things, and it's the best thing I've ever seen. Best thing ever. They also get really excited about food in Atlanta. We always see Candy eating. Every single time the camera's on Candy, she's just eating. And they get excited about food. I think Portia said to Kenya at one point, you brought lobster? And she's like, yeah, I made it, bitch. And then they laugh. I mean, it's fantastic TV. Fantastic. Um, But I'm very upset that we're at the Cynthia party and we have no Nini. Giovanna's there, though, and she's messy. She calls out Cynthia for talking about Nini. And Giovanna seems like she's working for that paycheck, maybe a little too hard, but I I don't care if she's mixing things up. Uh, Then Kenya gives Portia that doll. And she said she felt like she had a bad en- the doll had a bad energy. <laughs> Very shades of Kim Richards giving Lisa Renna the bunny back, which I appreciate. I appreciate. That's how to be a good housewife. You know, Portia right away went and ran and told Eva. And that's what a good housewife do- does. Portia, Kenya, they know what to do. They know their role. And that's why I'm so glad Kenya's back. I'm so glad we've embraced Portia as the Queen of Atlanta. I believe Portia's really taken over this franchise as a star. Uh, and it's fantastic. But uh, Portia runs right over to Eva to tell her. And then kind of all hell breaks loose uh, while Candy's eating. And these group scenes are so fun. Marlo arrives. Cynthia and Kenya get in a little fight, which I didn't expect so much Cynthia v. Kenya. But it seems like we might get more of that this season. There's like a lot of underlying tension between those two. Then Marlo goes in on Eva, and I like that. Marlo says that Eva doesn't live the life she is claiming she's living. And during that point, Marlo and Kenya bond for a very brief moment. Marlo and Kenya, who have been at odds, they bond for a very brief moment uh, over hating Eva. And then Marlo goes in on Cynthia, and they all say to Cynthia that she has more aggressive friends, and Cynthia lets them say things. And I agree with that. And then Kenya and Marlo fight a little bit. Marlo says that Kenya is very passive with Mark. And Kenya's very upfront when it comes to the women, but with Mark, she's so submissive, which I believe Kenya admitted to last week. Um, but Cynthia, when they're all kind of going in on Cynthia and saying she's always so less aggressive, but she lets other people be the aggressive one, Cynthia says, I don't have any problem getting any of you together. And then Portia just says, girl, bye. <laughs> Portia's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Cynthia? There's no way <laughs> you're getting us together. Like... <laughs> Girl, bye. I just love Portia. I love her. Then they all go inside. After all this fighting, they go inside to give out awards. <laughs> and there's like a twerking award. 
uh, Marla wins the shadiest award and they all clap for it. It's just like pure joy. This whole scene is pure joy when they're giving out these awards. I mean, imagine meeting with your friends and just giving out awards that is like, who's the worst person here? Or who's the ugliest? And then they get an award and everyone claps and laughs. I mean, it's a beautiful sight to see. Truly, this scene, the endorphins were flowing. I felt my serotonin levels up. It was a great thing to witness. Um, and they call Yovana the thirstiest for her Instagram. And they show one of her Instagrams, which is so funny. They just pop it up on screen. <laughs> so shady of the brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, they even gave an award for most insecure. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I love it. I love it. Then Kenya has an emotional moment about Mark. She says she doesn't feel unconditional love from Mark. And then there's this beautiful moment where Marlo just starts telling the girls that they're everything and they need to believe in themselves. This show gives us levels. And here's something I want to talk about really briefly, is why Atlanta's good and New York is good. If you notice the feuding on these shows, it's very layered, right? So in that scene between uh, at the Bailey house, when everyone was arguing, we got a little Marlo versus Kenya, we got a little Marlo versus Eva. We have a lot of layers. And there aren't two sides, right? Like Portia sometimes will get mad at Kenya, and then Marlo will get mad at Cynthia. Cynthia and Kenya get mad at each other. Nini and Cynthia get mad. Cynthia and Nini and Kenya. It's so fucking layered. There aren't two groups. And that happens on Roni, too. You know, Dorinda might be mad at Luann. Luann might be mad at Tinsley. Tinsley and Sonia are getting mad. There aren't two sides. We don't have just two teams. So we as viewers, we move amongst these relationships very quickly, right? Like we're siding with Kenya one minute, then Nini the next. And that's what makes these shows so compelling. Where if you watch Orange County, it's two teams, right? We have the Trace Amigas, and then we have the Kelly and the Emily and uh, the others. So that's happening on Beverly Hills too, right? Last season we had, it was like Lisa Vanderpump versus all the rest. And it's only two sides. I need layers to these relationships. I don't want it to feel like I'm picking between two uh, two housewife groups. I need the layers. And I think that's why Atlanta is so good. New York is so good. So that's the end of the episode. Next week we get Nene and Candy. We get Marlo has a launch party that Kenya crashes. Very, very excited. Uh, I'm loving Atlanta. Loving Atlanta. Now, we have to talk about Orange County. Orange County, we're in Key West, we're in Miami. I'm not into this trip. Again, we're getting a lot of the yelling and the screeching. And this week in particular, we got a lot of Vicky doing that voice she does. So am I my sister. I did not have a threesome! (laughs) I don't know, a demon takes over her, and it's just like a very loud voice. That I imagine dogs barking every time I hear it. I just imagine the neighbors' dogs are barking because they can hear this high pitched screaming that Vicky's doing. It's a lot. I'm so sick of the Trace Amigas. I think we need next season, we need to get rid of the Trace Amigas. Here's what I predict is going to happen I believe that we'll maybe get rid of Vicky entirely. I think we'll get rid of Tamara. I hope so. I believe that. And I don't know. I've been seeing some people have been DMing. I don't know. I just, I feel it in my gut. Even though Tamara is good at being messy, I just feel like maybe she'll take a season off. I could see Tamara then coming back, but I predict that maybe we'll have a season off from Tamara. And then I think Shannon will be kept around, but I think it'd be good to have Shannon just without the Trace Amigas. I think we'll get other layers to Shannon. I think it'll be interesting. And we might start to like Shannon again. I've fallen out of love with Shannon, but I hope that Maybe without the Trace Amigas, we could fall back in love with her. But this Trace Amigas, you guys, I can't anymore. Like, I'm so, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick. And it does feel like they're all ganging up on Kelly. I do feel that way. I do feel that way. And Kelly definitely goes below the belt. At one point, she called Shannon Austin Powers. (laughs) Shannon was wearing that floral dress. And she says, here comes Austin Powers. And I giggled. I giggled. We open on them at Orange County in that outdoor bar. Gina sticks up for Tamara to Kelly. And again, I say, Gina, you're on the wrong side of history here. She keeps sticking up for the Trace Amigas. I don't know what she's doing. Furthermore, we got to talk about Gina. Did you guys see the chip nail polish? Gina does not belong on the show. I'm sorry. And I want to support Gina and all of that. But she belongs in Summer House. She belongs on Vanderpump Rules. It seems like a very odd fit. These, this is supposed to be aspirational. Every time I see Gina, I'm like, what's happening? She seems like someone I'd be friends with, of course. But... 
Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But she does not seem like she fits on a housewife show. I don't know what the fuck that casting was. We've talked about it before, but she's not a real housewife. This is totally bizarre casting. Totally bizarre. I don't get it. Um, and here she is signing with these Trace Amigas, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, Kelly apologized to, Sh- uh, to Tamara. She said she did the Jimbolino thing where she added Jimbolino to stop Tamara from talking about her. And then Tamara says that Kelly's actions have drained her bank account because the Jimbolino thing is causing this lawsuit to happen or to go on and on. And Tamara's got to pay legal fees. And here's what I think. If you, maybe you shouldn't do reality TV. I th- I would be fearful of reality TV for that very reason. I imagine no matter what you say, you have to worry about lawsuits and all. Of, I, I even on a podcast, I feel like I have to worry about sometimes what I say uh, on Real Houses of Orange County. All that whole legal thing is because of a podcast and what people said on it or whatever. But on reality TV, I don't know if you don't want your personal life out there. If you want things hidden, like if you don't want to talk about this lawsuit that you're going through. I think it's tough if you're on a reality TV show because uh, we need to hear about what's going on in your life. And that was the big complaint about Beverly Hills last season is we're not hearing about the lawsuits with Dorit. And so I think if you want any part of your life hidden, or if you don't want to talk about it, then you need to get your ass off reality TV because it just doesn't seem to work. So Tamara and Kelly are making up. And meanwhile, Shannon's just glaring in that Austin Powers outfit. She's just glaring at them. She's not interested in making up with Kelly at this point. Uh, but they do seem to make a truce, and then they all go to Key West, which is a three-hour car ride. Tamara, Shannon, and Vicky, they go with scarves and glasses, and I've had a fuck enough with their costume work. They think it's so funny when they put on those costumes that they bought at, get at Party City, and it's, uh, I can't anymore. It's not fun to me. It doesn't feel natural. I don't feel like these women would be naturally going to Party City to get costumes. I feel like they do it for the TV show to put on a show, and it's not in a fun way to put on a show to me. It just feels very desperate. And then Tamara even flashes the boobs to the other car. Ugh, you guys, I can't anymore. I can't do it. I I don't want to watch Tamara flash another person. I don't want to see those boobs blurred out one more time on my TV screen. I don't like to see a boob in general. I'm a big homosexual. Let alone to have to see Tamara so much throughout the entire season. I can't look at those blurred out boobs one more time. I cannot do it, Bravo. Take them off my screen. I don't need to see that. Those blurred out boobs. I've seen those. I could, I could sketch those blurred out boobs if a policeman asked me to. If a detective came to my house and said, "Can you sketch out those boobs?" and I'd say, "Yeah, I'll sketch them out perfectly. I've seen them so much. I know them better than the back of my hand." I'd have an easier time sketching out Tamara's blurred out boobs than I would sketching out the back of my hand. I could sketch a picture of those boobs better than I can my loved one, Matt. I, I've just seen him too much. Too much. And I, I cringe. I turn away from the screen. And yet I know those blurred out boobs like the back of my fucking hand. Enough! 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 Enough is enough. The cameramen need to turn away as if it was Riley on screen. They need to turn away. Turn that camera. Put it in another direction. I don't need to see Tamara's blurred out boobs. Let's put a moratorium on Tamara's blurred out boobs. I don't want to see it one more fucking time, Bravo. Now, please, enough is enough. We've seen him. We get it. Tamara likes to flash other people in the camera. We've seen those blurred out boobs enough. Rest in peace. I don't know what you got to do, but get them off my screen. Get them off my screen. Also, they're pretending they're Thelma and Louise. So the other car, Kelly, Bronwyn, Gina, and Emily, they're saying, oh, look, there's Thelma and Louise. And Kelly says, what is my favorite... <laughs> well, so Bronwyn says, they're Thelma and Louise. And Kelly gives my favorite line of the whole episode. She said, jump off the cliff. She screams at the car, <laughs> referencing Thelma and Louise jumping or driving off that cliff. And it was just such a beautifully funny line. So beautiful. So then it's revealed that Vicky's been texting the girl that Kelly allegedly got in the bar fight with, which is so weird. She like, found him on Instagram and then started texting this girl. It's so shady. But that's revealed on the car ride to Key West. Meanwhile, Kelly's puking out of the car. She's just puking out of the car. And this trip looks miserable. These women are just a bunch of randos that are on a trip together. They don't like each other. This cast has zero chemistry with each other. There's two groups, right? Like we just talked about Atlanta. It's two groups and it doesn't work out. We need layers to these relationships. We need there to be more than two teams. And this is not working. This cast, this trip looks like none of them want to be there. It's the most bizarre location for a bunch of women to just be randomly rooming together. Uh, 
You guys, I can't. They look miserable. So then everyone arrives at Key West. Shannon did a very interesting, like, low, sexy voice that I haven't heard out of Shannon. Normally, she's doing the, Ack, we're here! Ack! <laughs> Normally, that's what she'd scream when she arrives somewhere. But for some reason, when Shannon arrived at Key West, the resort, and by resort, I mean what looked like maybe a motel, she said, oh, they have a little cocktail for us. She said in like a very sexy voice, Shannon. Never heard this voice out of Shannon. Like a low sexy, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So then it's revealed that they're going to a drag show. And Bronwyn says that if she was a drag queen, she would be bosoms galore and her talent would be lactating. So I just want to talk about this for a second. So first of all, We'll get to the drag queen show in a second. I don't think they should have went there. I don't think any of these women would go to a drag show on their own. So why are we going there with cameras? Number one. Number two, Bronwyn said her talent as a drag queen would be lactating. Now, I've been to a lot of drag shows. I've never seen a drag queen lactate on stage. It's not something that is necessarily a talent. Now, I talked about Bronwyn's lactating at the dinner table uh, weeks back, and I got a lot of heat for it. A lot of you DM me and said, How dare you? That's a beautiful thing that a mother can still lactate. And you're completely right. And I do, I do agree that it's a beautiful thing that a mother can lactate, that a woman can lactate. It's something that men can't, men aren't doing for their offspring, right? Women are giving the gift of life and then uh, giving the gift of food to their children. Now, what I took issue was that the fact that she took the boob out at the table. And then let Kelly lactate her at the table. Uh, but now I'm hearing her say that she wants to present it as her talent in drag show. And uh, to that, I just say, Bronwyn, that's not something that's been done before. And I don't think it's something that drag audiences want to see. The majority of drag audience are LGBTQ people. And uh, look, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like an odd talent. I'd rather you just lip sync a song like most drag queens do. Just lip sing a song, Bronwyn. That's all you got to do. You don't got to lactate on stage for that tip. And at this moment, I'd like to say that if you're going to a drag show, be sure to tip your drag queens. It's very important. Um, so then they get ready for a drag show. Vicky tries to talk Shannon and Tamara out of it. They all go to a drag show at 10.15 p.m., which is shocking to me. I can't go out at 10.15 p.m. That's too late for me. I can't stay awake that long. But they go there as if it's like a zoo, right? Now, I don't think Vicky would ever go to a drag show on her own. She made comments that were very uh, against this drag. She was trying to get Shannon to get out of it. She said she doesn't understand men dressing up as women. So, Vicky, you shouldn't have fucking gone. They don't want you there, right? The drag queens don't want you there if you're going to be talking this way. So, quite frankly, Vicky shouldn't have gone because she had a nasty-ass attitude about these drag queens. And these drag queens work hard for their money, okay? They work hard for that dollar and that tip. And if Vicky's going to be talking shit, then sit your ass home. Don't go. The drag queens don't want you. She said, I don't, she said, sorry, drags, I don't get it. Sit your ass at that motel. And you should have sat home and put on a fucking face mask and whatever you wanted to do back at that fucking motel. Because the drag queens, we don't, they don't want you if you're going to have that nasty ass attitude. We don't want it. So look, the drag queens, while we're at the show, the drag queen asks if anyone's celebrating. And then Kelly shouted and pointed at Gina. (laughs) I didn't really appreciate Kelly at this drag queen show because she shouted, she said, she just got out of jail and divorced. (laughs) Pointing at Gina, and it just made me laugh. I hated that they were at front row, too. Like, there's so many people that want to go to these drag drag queen shows and enjoy the show, and here are these women that I don't feel like many of them would ever go to drag show on their own. And they were front row, they got the front row seats. They would never go to, there's no way Vicky would go to a drag show on her own, so she shouldn't be there. It was disrespectful to the drag queens, and I didn't appreciate it. Then Tamara at one point made the drag queen take money out of her boobs. Uh, that's That's what they should have been apologized to the drag queens for. The drag queen had to take the money out of her boob. You know what? If you go to a drag show, just stick the money in their garter belt or wherever, their top. You don't make the drag queen work any harder for that money than the lip sync song. You put the money in their outfit. How about that, Tamara? You don't put the money in your boobs and make the drag queen come to you for it. That's not how the tips work. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. Those boobs, those blurry boobs that we've all seen a million fucking times. Tamara, ugh. I'm sorry, I'm being hard on Tamara. I, I can't help it. I was upset for the drags. The drag queens. I felt bad for them. Not appropriate. Then the uh, women go to a bar called Come Back It. <laughs> oh, I love these shows. You know, just when I'm feeling like Orange County sucks, I get to say the line, then they go to a bar called Come Bucket, and I'm back on board. 
<laughs> so Kelly, we see her on her phone most of this trip. She's just texting. Kelly don't want to be there. She's texting whoever. She don't want to be there. She tries to make nice with Vicky, and she asks about her insurance. She said something about insurance, and Kelly, it seems like they might start making up. But then, right away, Shannon tells Kelly about Vicky talking to that other woman. And Vicky reveals that she's physically scared of Kelly, but then she's trying to get Kelly to, like, hit her, which is weird. And Kelly will fuck you up, Vicky. Like, uh, Kelly was restrained. I felt like, because Vicky kept saying, hit me, Kelly, hit me. And I wondered, how does that work? Because, you know, I know these TV shows, we're on a TV show, so I imagine production has rules, like, you can't hit each other. We saw on Atlanta at one point, uh, Portia dragged Kenya by the hair. Then Portia had to take the next season off. I feel like there's rules in place. You can't physically assault each other, which is good because for a TV show, I wouldn't want to work in an environment where somebody could physically assault me. But if someone's asking for it, like Vicky was asking for it, is it a problem then if Kelly were to hit her? Because I'd say like she asked for it. If I was in a court of law, I'd say, well, Vicky told me to. We have it on camera. She said, hit me. I don't know. It was like we were watching Old Lady Fight Club, though. Vicky was like, are you going to hit me, Kelly? Hit me or something. I was like, whoa, what? Is this Old Lady Fight Club? Which is a movie I'd watch, by the way. If anyone wants to produce it, I'm willing to write it. I'd watch a bunch of old ladies do a fight club. Would I love to see Helen Mirren and Afri Woodard in a fight club? Of course. There's nothing. I'd, if it was scripted, I'd love to see it. Show me that movie. Let's get a bunch of old ladies together in a garage and start in a fight club. That's a movie. Now, we're spitballing ideas here, but we need this movie. We need this movie. Who else? We get Meryl in there. Meryl Streep just in a fight club. Oh, fuck, I'd watch that shit out of that. Give me that movie. Diane Keaton. Uh, Candace Bergen. Could you imagine Diane Keaton and Candace Bergen punching each other out? Woo! The Irishman wishes. The Irishman. Give me that three and a half hour movie. I'll take it. So then Kelly reveals that uh, she starts yelling at Vicky. She calls her a con woman. She, it's revealed that an 82-year-old woman is suing Vicky for fraud. And then apparently it's for like some sort of insurance fraud. And then this is when Vicky starts sh- shouting and shrieking. She says, I didn't con anyone. I got conned. She calls Kelly a slut. I was conned. I was conned. Ah! Now she's doing an act, but it's like a little more gravelly act. It's like, I was conned. Ah! I was never, I was lied to. Ah! Oh, guys, I'm sorry. It was just too much. I couldn't handle it. We did get that flashback to her saying to Tamara, You're supposed to be my friend, my soulmate, my sister! Which I appreciated. Um, but Kelly calls Vicky, uh, Vicky calls Kelly a slut, and then Kelly calls Vicky a slut. Uh, then they, the Trace Amigas decide to leave, and Tamara uh, kissed Bronwyn on the mouth to say goodbye. And I don't kiss people on the mouth to say goodbye, but uh, Tamara did it to Bronwyn. These two, I've had enough of Bronwyn. I've had enough of her. What is she doing on this show? Let's get her off. Her and Jean. I want the show to just be Emily, Kelly, and Shannon. That's what I want. That's what I need. That's what I want. Recast around them. I don't want anything else. And then I would like it if, like, Brianna, Brianna, <laughs> Vicky's daughter, like, came in and was, like, a friend of. Not Vicky, just Brianna. Maybe Vicky could appear, like, twice or something like that. But I want it to just be, like, Kelly, Emily, and um, who's the other one? Shannon. She- and I don't even like Shannon this season, but I feel like without the Tracy because we could be good with Shannon. So then the next day, they all go on these tiki boats with a cute man named Forrest. And it's two different boats, too. Which, why are we on two different fucking boats? They should be on the same boat. I don't know why they're floating away on a boat. I want to go on a floating boat. like I wouldn't want to go out on a floating bar like that. I'm not interested in boats. I get this motion sickness. Then they all get in the water, and Bronwyn like, got bit by something, and Shannon just keeps yelling, Pee on it! <laughs> pee on it! Who's gonna pee on it? And she even get stung by a jellyfish. She just got, like, I don't know, she maybe bumped into a rock or something, and Shannon's just like, pee on it! Like, imagine somebody peeing on you for no reason. Like, Bronwyn didn't need someone to pee on her. Also, furthermore, I feel like everyone just saw that episode of Friends when Monica had to pee on Chandler. Or Chandler had, was a vice versa, I don't remember. But someone had to, they had to pee on each other, and so now everyone thinks, like, when they get in the ocean and they get, like, bumped by something or a red mark from the ocean they think they gotta pee on each other i wonder how many people in this u.s have peed on each other or other countries even people who have peed on each other when they didn't have to people who thought they got stung by a jellyfish but really bumped into a rock and then had their friend pee on them i imagine that has happened a bunch there's a lot of friendships that have probably been ruined or strengthened by the other one peeing on the other one 
So anyway, then we get some shouting across the boat. Kelly shouts that Vicky's a pig. And then Emily points out in her confessional that Kelly should be attacking her for other reasons, not the pig thing. She should be packing, attacking her because she's a shitty person. Um, anyway, Vicky, they all leave. Vicky asks people if she looks like a pig. They're all, they go back to the other hotel. They have the two separate dinners, which I don't agree with. They should have a, a group dinner. This is unacceptable for vacation. Who was on production that decided to have separate dinners? Wrong choice. I love the producers and they do flawless work, but this is a bad choice to have two separate dinners. Um, and Gina again with the trace, um, abuelas. She's with the trace abuelas and that's not okay. So Gina even says while she was at that dinner, she said, I love the trace abuelas, amigas, abuelas, whatever. And look, wrong side of history, Gina. Wrong side of history. Um, then we get more of Tamara's blurred out boobs when she jumps in the pool naked. They all went out and got drunk. Vicky put her hand underneath the beer spout, which was tough to watch. Then, of course, they get back. That's when Tamara shows us those blurred out boobs again and jumps in the pool naked. And they run off and Vicky falls and calls the ambulance, which uh, Vicky didn't need an ambulance. She just was calling it for TV. And I've had enough of these fake ambulance calls. After Shannon did it earlier this season, we didn't need another one. We didn't need Vicky doing it. That's the end of the episode. Orange County needs... This was a good episode, I thought, actually. But it's a mess. I feel like this show, the casting's a mess. Everything feels a mess to me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. You guys, should we talk New Jersey? We were doing a rum tasting. They had all different ages of rum. So Teresa was like adamant she had to try the 21-year-old rum. So, of course, the Marge making her jokes. She likes the minimum age of 21, Teresa. She doesn't like jail bait. What's that supposed to mean? That's funny. Teresa didn't want the young rum. She wanted the old rum. It didn't even click to me. About the cheating rumors. Don't give the Marge a cocktail. She comes out. I thought it was hilarious. 
The New Jersey gals are also on vacation. I haven't been super impressed by this season of New Jersey. I think it's been a little bit lame, but we are on vacation. Everyone's waking up. They're calling home. They're talking about the dinner the night before, which I didn't feel like was that explosive. It was like a little bit of Jackie versus Dolores. I I don't know. I'm kind of bored by all the Jackie stuff. I'm not really into Jackie this season. I'm finding her kind of boring, and the fights surrounding Jackie are very boring to me. Uh, But... I, we are getting a little bit of Margaret versus Teresa, which I feel like that could be very compelling, but it seems like we're just getting like little seeds of it so far. Uh, Margaret calls home and she, Margaret cracks me up though. She's like, Teresa didn't get the joke, you know, I'm the Marge makes jokes. Shouldn't have given me a cocktail. <laughs> I do a terrible Marge impression, but it's, <laughs> should have given me a cocktail. Mar- the Marge makes jokes. I feel like my Marge is a little bit of like British Trump, which is not what I'm trying to do, but that's what's coming out. Anyway, uh, it's funny that these housewives, they explain their behavior as they're like comedians. It's like, you're not going to get a Netflix special. Like, you're not a comedian. (laughs) You don't just get to say like mean things and then say, oh, I'm a comedian. Um, But it was, I don't know. It was funny. There's also a lot of hat work going on. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but everyone's wearing a different hat, one bigger than the next. I know we're on a vacation, but it seems like a lot of hat work. Now, Melissa, we have to talk about her storyline a little bit about wanting another baby. It's such a bullshit storyline, and I can't believe we're letting her do this again. And again, I want to say I like Melissa. First of all, she's one of the most stunning women on this whole network. She's gorgeous. But these storylines that she's coming up with are ridiculous. Last season, when she was pretending to have another sister, we all had to watch that. And then it was just completely dropped because, of course, she never had a sister. So it was all made believe. It was all pretend. And we had to sit through the whole season of her pretending to find another sister. Now this season, we're going to have to sit through a whole season of her saying, well, maybe I want another baby. We know she don't want another baby. This is all bullshit. Anyone believes that she might want another baby, you're kidding yourselves, okay? It's very clear she's just making it up. It doesn't even seem like she's got conviction behind it when she's trying to tell the other women. The other women are like, what? Marge is like, what are you about another baby for? <laughs> it's like, she don't want another baby. So we're all pretending this whole season that she wants another baby. And I'm so sick of it. I wish we'd just make Melissa a friend of. We could still have her around. We could have her go on all the vacations. We could have her around the whole time. We don't need her to be a main housewife. I don't need to see this bullshit storyline about her wanting another baby or maybe wanting another baby. She's not even saying she wants another baby. She's saying, well, we might want another baby. It's all such bullshit, you guys, and I'm just so sick of it. My bullshit meter for Melissa's storylines have just gone through the roof. And again, I like her. I'm not no shade to uh, Melissa because I think she's a beautiful gal and she adds a lot to the show. And her dynamic with Teresa is uh, one of the most popular parts of the show. But her and Joe could just show up and be friends of. We don't need them as main cast members. We could even have Joe as a main cast member, you know? he's His relationship with Teresa is very interesting. We've already seen all the levels play out between Melissa and Teresa. I feel that Melissa has just been a main cast member on the show for so many seasons because of Teresa. And it's just kind of getting old here. So anyway, then the women split up. Jen and Margaret and Jackie, they go to these horses on the shit beach. There's like horse shit everywhere. Horse shit everywhere. And then they go ride the horses in the ocean where there's horse shit everywhere. And you guys, I laugh so hard. So they're all riding these fucking horses in the water, in the shit water. There's like literally shit everywhere. Horse shit. Not even just human shit. It's just horse, big ass horse shit. I'm sorry to get vulgar, but that's what's happening on the show. And Jennifer, who has never ridden a horse before, she's in the ocean. And in the ocean as they're riding it, it's just like the bottoms of their feet are in the ocean, in the horse shit water. And that would gross me out, right? I wouldn't want to get in the water in general, knowing that there was all that horse shit in there. I would just, I would have gotten to that horse excursion and I'd been like, no thanks. I'm going to go sit on the other beach where there's no horse shit. But these women decide uh, to play ball, and they get on the horses, and they ride in the shit water, and their feet are in there. And I was watching, and I was thinking, oh my god, that's disgusting. I was thinking, their feet are going to be gross. Disgusting. Disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. And then Jennifer falls off the horse, and she submerges herself in the horse shit water. And I laugh so hard, but I was thinking, she's definitely got something there. Some sort of disease. I think Margaret said she needs an antibiotic. She was right. I was physically ill from seeing Jennifer fall in the horseshit water. But it did make me belly laugh. And Margaret, meanwhile, is like trying to get on the horse. And she's like, I pictured Marge of Arabia. Not shit everywhere. There's shit in the water. <laughs> uh, but when Jennifer fell in that horseshit water, wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. But certain times when we go on vacation, we do things that we wouldn't ordinarily do. I would never want to ride in horseshit water. I would never do that in my regular everyday life. But sometimes we get on these vacations. You get to, I was just in Hawaii, but you get to a tropical location and you suddenly are doing things. You sign up for things that you have no interest in. And that's what happened here. It's like when, uh, when I remember going on a vacation as a kid. My, we used to go with our friends, um, the Hannah Brinks and my friend Stacy. And I remember she would always get like the hair beads in her hair, no matter where we went. It was like she felt like she had to get the hair beads or the, <laughs> the braids. And you don't have to do that on every vacation, but it's like you do things because you feel like you should. So then, let's see. They all go get drinks separately. Jackie's mad at Dolores. Dolores doesn't give a fuck about Jackie. She told Jackie, you're not my friend. Um, Margaret, it was interesting here when they were all getting the separate drinks. Margaret talks about her lawsuits. And she was so open and honest about what's going on with the lawsuits. Again, Dorit needs to take note in Beverly Hills. Those Beverly Hills gals don't talk about their lawsuits. And Margaret is just here. She's like, yeah, someone's suing me. (laughs) She's like, someone sued me for a bunch of money and millions of dollars. Here's what happened. She lays it all out for us. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Meanwhile, the other women are getting drinks and Melissa's throwing Margaret under the bus. Melissa knows how to mix it up a little bit. She's just uninteresting in her individual storylines. Like She knows how to stir the pot a bit. She's just not interesting solo, I think. That's just my opinion. Maybe some of you like that fake baby storyline that she's doing. Um, so then the guys, meanwhile, back in New Jersey are all meeting at Jennifer's house. It's so weird to me that Frank films as Dolores's other half because they're not really together, which is strange. Joe Gorga shows up in this very tight-fitting uh, black hoodie that's like a button-up hoodie, and it was doing things to me. Ever since Joe Gorga shaved that head, I've been all in. I mean, he uh, he like makes me sweat. I find him so attractive. And he's always talking about fucking Melissa. He says he's got to have it five times a week. He's like, and it's like one of those things that's like cringy and kind of gross, but then you're thinking, well, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> Does that make sense? I can't believe I just admitted that. But I feel like we all look at that and we hear Joe Gorga talking about how he wants to do his wife five times a day or whatever it is. And we're all like, oh, gross, Joe. But then in the back of our head, we're thinking, well, it wouldn't be so bad. You know, <laughs> maybe just me. Anyway, um, this it's fun. They're doing shots. They're talking, playing games. Uh, meanwhile, at dinner back in New Jersey, or back on the vacation with the women, Dolores and Jackie, they are just looking at each other with angry eyes, and they start talking. Uh, Teresa finds word art at the restaurant, and she brings up the comment that Margaret made in the previous episode when Margaret said something about uh, doing younger men or uh, Teresa liking younger men. And Teresa somehow finds word art. She found a home goods sign at this restaurant and uses the home goods sign to bring up this thing to Margaret. And it was beautiful work that Teresa did. I couldn't believe she just found some word art. There's word art everywhere. If you really stop and look around, you'll find some word art no matter where you are, a restaurant, a grocery store, your own home. You come to my house, you look around, you'll find some live, laugh, love somewhere. You'll find something that says gather here. I have a sign that says, gather here right above my bar cart. And, you know, you'll find word art in any room at my house. Just a gather pillow. You'll find it. You'll find it. Anyway, they get into it. Margaret apologizes. She says it was an honest mistake, and I believe that. Uh, Then Dolores and Jackie go at it. Dolores says that Jackie's too sensitive and too different. Uh, Look, I don't want... uh, This fight is boring. It's just boring to me. Boring, boring, boring. Then Dolores tried to throw Melissa under the bus, and that was fun to me. That was I like that Melissa goes against the grain when it comes to Jackie. I do appreciate that. Anyway, Dolores says, I don't want to be your friend. And then Jackie says, I don't consider it a loss, Dolores. And Dolores says, without skipping a beat, okay, Jackie. <laughs> so fucking funny. Okay, Jackie. Like she was making fun of the way Jackie talked. Ah, it made me laugh. So then the dinner ends. They go drink in the room. Uh, Melissa keeps saying, wow, ladies, we had such a night, all that arguing. And I was thinking, this wasn't really that interesting. Melissa was trying to present it to the audience as if they had some explosive dinner. And it was just like a little bit of Dolores versus Jackie, but it was like so tame. Melissa said, we screamed in a restaurant. It was like, calm down, Melissa. It was pretty tame. It was actually a very boring dinner, if I say so myself. Teresa found some word art, and then Dolores and Jackie calmly had a little argument. That was it. It's interesting about Jackie. I sort of feel bad for her, but also I don't like her. 
Does that make sense to you guys? Like, sometimes I really do feel like they are ganging up on Jackie and they hate her for no reason. But then also, I feel like I kind of dislike her for no reason. Does that make sense? I don't know. Next week, we get roasting. They're going to be doing a roast. I don't know why all the housewives are doing a roast. They did it on Dallas. It's like a new trope. It was like goat yoga. Remember when everyone was doing goat yoga on on Bravo? Now we're going to get all the roasts. We had the escape rooms. Then we had those. When everyone would go to those rooms where you uh, hit things and break shit. Now we're going to have roasts. It's like we across every franchise we're going to see on Summer House. They're going to be doing a roast. Apre Ski was going to come back and they're going to be roasting each other. It's like every show on Bravo tends to do the tropes at the same time. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code SUMMER. So now we have to talk about Dallas. Dallas is the last one. The red light district in Thailand is like one of the biggest tourist attractions. It's a must do. I'm just trying not to step in just on the street. Now we're going to keep this quick. Dallas is there in... You guys, Dallas, they're on vacation. And previously, we had Leanne saying all those things about Carrie being Mexican. She kept saying that. And it was like so, it was like offensive and gross. And I don't know why she was saying it. Uh, but now uh, we open with all of the women getting ready. They're going to go to this elephant sanctuary. Stephanie, when they were all meeting in the lobby of their hotel, Stephanie said she was just deleting emails. And she's like, I'm just here deleting emails. <laughs> I don't know why this made me love. I love Stephanie already so, so much. But the fact that she was just in the lobby deleting her emails, like she said, she wasn't even reading them. She's just deleting them. It was a very, it was kind of a throwaway line, but she's like, I'm not even reading these. I'm just deleting them. I thought, you know what? You're a queen icon of legend, Stephanie. Just in the lobby, deleting your emails, not bothering to read them. <laughs> so then we're still talking about how Deandra wore that infinity dress. Now look, Deandra's an asshole and she was to Leanne, but at least something was happening on the show, which I appreciate. I have to say that Stephanie's banged interview look shocks me every time. Every time I see it, I go, what? Uh, also shocking was Carrie's bandana work as she was going to the elephant graveyard. Carrie wearing the bandana was shocking to me. I don't know why. It just it didn't seem like something that Carrie would wear. So then we see all the elephants. They drink beer the whole way, which is weird to me to get drunk on the way to see baby elephants. But then they play Never Have I Ever. Brandy admits to kissing Stephanie. Kind of boring. They get to the animals. Leanne says, I worked with snakes, bears, and gorillas when I was in the carnival. And that's something you'll not hear on another franchise. So I do appreciate that about Dallas. We have a carny worker, a former carny worker, and that's a beautiful thing. Because you won't get to hear someone from, I don't know, Potomac saying that they worked in the carnival with bears and snakes. But we hear that on Dallas. 
Here then in Dallas. So then uh, I was thinking about all these animals. We were seeing all these women go and looking at these animals, the uh, monkeys and the elephants. And I was thinking we should have a Bravo animal show where housewives present animal facts, like a nature kind of show, like a animal planet or one of those kind of shows. Wouldn't you love if we just got to see like Portia from Real Houses Atlanta just talking about animals, giving us animal facts, saying like, here's the wild dodo. And then she was talking about it. And it'd be like very Brian Fellowsy. Remember Brian Fellows from SNL? Tracy Morgan played this character called Brian Fellows, who was a zoologist. Like, I would love to see that kind of show just on Bravo. Just Portia talking about animals. And I think it'd be fantastic. And then they could bring animals out. Maybe Cam, maybe we have a rotating host. So we have Cameron from Dallas hosting one week. And then we just see like an animal trainer coming out and bringing animals and see how these women react. I love on talk shows when they do that, when they have the animal segments. Because I always think if I was a talk show host, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to be face to face with certain animals. Sometimes you watch some one of these shows, and all of a sudden, Wendy Williams is face to face with the grizzly bear, and you're thinking, uh, "Wow, she's really earning that paycheck." If I was one of the talk show hosts, though, I wouldn't want like a snake around my neck. Only Britney Spears should have a snake around her neck. That's it. I wouldn't want to be hosting a talk show and then have to put a snake around my neck. They could strangle you at any moment. But these talk shows do it, and I would like to, quite frankly, see a talk show or some sort of Animal Planet show on Bravo with Housewives. So then, the elephants are beautiful. Leanne cries. And I understood that crying about the elephants, because they're beautiful. I think elephants are such stunning creatures, and we have to protect them, and we have to work hard to protect that species. If you're thinking about donating something, there's lots of animal charities, but you can also find elephant charities that are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So I encourage everyone to check that out. But um, it's beautiful, and I would cry too, but then Leanne always like takes it one step further, and she makes it very much about herself, and I think that's the problem the ladies have. And it's not that they don't want to, or we as the audience don't want to hear Leanne's story, it's just that it's constantly like constantly morphed. She can find anything to make it about herself, which is also what makes a good housewife, I'll be honest. And that's why Leanne's a great housewife. But I can see how people would get frustrated by that. Then the women all go take a nap. And that night, they do room service in their pajamas. Uh, I could have done without Brandy bringing a new pad to Leanne. She brought a new maxi pad to Leanne. I could have done without that little tidbit. I don't think we really needed that. Uh, But it was fun to see Brandy on that sleeping pill. But uh, look, I know that they are all jet lagged, but we can't have this on vacations. We need filming events at all time. So these women, they need to take a Red Bull. They need to spice it up. Uh, Dallas has been pretty boring this season. We need them on Red Bull. So I know they're jet lagged and they don't want to film that night. So they all have pajama dinners in their rooms, but we need them all together. This is unacceptable to me. Um, so let's see. Also, by the way, if I was on one of these vacations, I would want my own room. And that's why I could never be a housewife. So then we see Cameron trying to tell Carrie and Deandra that they were being assholes to Leanne. They sort of got it. Sort of didn't. Deandra also called D, who's in her phone as Ice Mom. She said something about like, I would have let Brandy have it. I missed it. That's what this season's lacking, is more Mama D. So then they all go to this nighttime dinner, and they go to the red light district, and Deandra sort of apologizes to Leanne, but she doesn't, I'm sorry, if. It's all such bullshit apologies. They hate each other. This cast is starting to hate each other, I think. Dallas, I don't think they like each other. They go to the red light district, and it was funny. I think Leanne said, I'm just trying not to step in jizz on the street. <laughs> I'm just trying not to step in jizz on the street. I'm just trying not to step in jizz on the street. And that was good to me. <laughs> they go to a drag show, but then the, apparently the drag queens, they didn't even, sh- the camera people didn't even go in, but apparently the drag queens showed their dicks and then fucked each other on stage. That's what happened. It was really funny to me in the confessionals how Cameron had the dry erase board and was trying to illustrate the people taking out their dicks and fucking each other on stage. That was good. That was good TV. (laughs) Then Leanne's getting really weird about Cameron. Like she's trying to be protective of Cam, but she's obviously maybe like a little bit of jealous. They all go to this ping pong show where apparently the women on stage were like throwing playing ping pong out of their vaginas, their hoo has, their Meredith's grays. And the Bravo editors did sound effects. Did you hear those ping pong sound effects? That was hysterical to me. <laughs> they just put in a pink pot. They put in like a... I don't know if I can't do it. I'm not a Foley artist, but they put in sound effects. And they were sound effects of women shooting ping pongs out of their vagas. And that's a beautiful thing 
for me, but they only went for 15 minutes. And we also got more dry erase board work, where ca- dry erase board work, where Cameron was trying to show in the dry erase board how the women shot the things out of their Christine Bransky's. And I like that. Um, but I thought, how did we get here? How did we get here? And Leanne was really acting unhinged when they left that, that ping pong show. She didn't want Cameron to pee. She's like, we got to get back to the hotel. She was acting very unhinged. And then in the back of the cab, when they were on their way back, she was doing an impression of Carrie, and she's saying, I'm from Mexico, and doing that again. And apparently she's doing it next week. Uh, Enough is enough. I I don't know. Leanne has been saying on social media that she is just repeating what Carrie said. Apparently, she says Carrie kept telling everyone and kept saying that I'm from Mexico. And look, Carrie might have said that, but I wish that Leanne would just say, look, I'm sorry. I was being, that was stupid of me. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We do end the episode with Leanne behind the door moment, which is very reminiscent of her telling Brandy that uh, Carrie's husband gets his, dick, gets his dick sucked at the roundup. I know the boys who did it. I love a behind the door moment. It's a Jinx-esque. And we see Leanne saying, do you have any clue how many sex workers we looked at? And then it ends. And next week, apparently, we get more of Leanne and the Mexican stuff, which I don't like her saying that. I don't like it. Anyway, that's the episode, you guys. A lot of housewives to cover. I'm excited for a day when we don't have so many because these four, covering four shows is very difficult. And something's got to give when Vanderpump Rules is back. Something's got to give because I can't do all four. Anyway, I want to leave you all with a little cool down. First of all, thank you all for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino. Danny, go listen to the Holiday Movie Podcast. Right now, we're planning on doing six total episodes. I think there's four up now. So six total, but maybe we'll do one or two more. I don't know. Uh, it's a very merry, iconic podcast. Go buy Fancy AF Cocktails. It's in stores now. It should be in Target. It's in Amazon, local bookstores, wherever you buy books. Uh, and thank you all for the kind words. And those of you who have bought it, it means the world. Uh, also, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. Patreon.com slash everything iconic. I'm doing one bonus episode a month. More importantly than the bonus episode, the money just helps to support the show. So thank you to everyone who's over there. So let's do a little cool down. Let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take one more deep breath in. A lot of vacations going on this weekend. Just picture yourself on a beach, on the sand. Breathe out. Now just close your eyes today and picture yourself on a quiet beach. You hear the birds, you hear the waves. Just take a moment to really connect and to unwind and think of yourself on a quiet beach, that water coming up to your toes. Just relax. I love you all so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye-bye.